Hi, on this edition of Real Time Truth, we're going to talk about how to skip marriage counseling. Yes, how to skip it, because I really don't want you to end up in the two chairs in front of my desk, right? You say marriage counseling, yes. You know, there are three ways that we're going to give you today that you can use as, as tools in your marriage so that your marriage doesn't end up in a crisis, almost like avoiding the check engine light on your car. This will be a maintenance time. Hope you'll join us today on this edition. Welcome to another episode of Real Time Truth where in 19 minutes you're going to hear a biblical perspective on things you deal with every day in your home, church, work, and the surrounding culture. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Thanks for joining us. And we're, we're kind of jumping back into a topic that's familiar and, and close to our hearts, and that is the topic of marriage. And uh, I, so many times whenever I hear a marriage talk, Kevin, they almost, they're, they're, they're usually negative. Mm-hmm. They're starting from the bad side, like what to do when things go wrong. <laughs> and we've done an episode like that in the past, you know, communication through conflict. And I encourage you, if you haven't watched that episode, go and check that one out. We're going to refer to it briefly in this one, but that doesn't mean you can't watch this episode first and whatnot. Um, but today I thought it'd be really interesting to kind of do a talk on best practices. Yeah. And so how to skip marriage counseling, how to avoid <laughs> those two chairs in your office. Yeah, or anyone's office for that matter. It seems like uh, by the time they get to, to my office or, or a counselor's office, it's really bad. Um, and, and oftentimes the, the die is already cast in the wool and they're just kind of checking it off their list to say they had counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't want to get there. No. So, so how do we not get there? And, and I, I get it's like maintenance in a car. I hate the way that sounds. But um, you change the oil in the car. Um, you have to, or the, the car's going to break down. And the same is true for a marriage. There needs to be consistent maintenance. And so and, often that doesn't happen. Well, and I don't think that's a bad way to look at it either. I mean, like we could say, you know, maintenance, I don't like the way that sounds, but I've one of the best ways I've ever heard marriage described is that marriage works because of a four-letter word, and it's not love. It's <laughs> it's work. It is. And so marriage, you know, like a successful marriage is spelled W-O-R-K. It is. And so that's what we're going to get into today. And so you've got the passage of Scripture for yep. us today. Yeah, this is from Ephesians 5, and we've actually quoted this before, but I'll, I'll read it again so that, that we can, this will be our jumping off place. This is real-time truth. So here's the truth. This is Ephesians 5.31. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast, the old King James, cleave to, we could even say glue to, Mm -hmm. his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. I'm putting my hands together, crossing my fingers, uh, interlocking. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as he loves himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And I love how you kind of explained that, that, that picture of glued to, yeah. uh, because that, that image just makes sense in my mind. There's, there's no other person in this world that we're meant to be glued to. Yeah, we, I mean, certainly we, we love all kinds of people in our lives. We love, if you have children, oh my goodness, you love your children, but you're not to be glued to your children. Mm-hmm. You're glued to your spouse. Right. And so you're not, you're not to be glued. I mean, you maybe enjoy your work or you enjoy whatever, a hobby, but you're not glued to it. Scripture says we're to be glued to our spouses. And 
I think one of the issues that we fall into, Matthew, and in speaking of how to get away from, you know, skipping the marriage counseling is that when you're married, you let everything else almost take precedent over mm-hmm. time together. Yep. Because you automatically know you love each other. And so you, you almost just assume things are good. Yeah, and you take it for granted. And and so it's the tyranny of the urgent and everything else. It's almost like picking up the cleaning is more important than having a conversation, you know, with your spouse. And that's just not true. And that tyranny of the urgent is such a good way of putting that. I, I tell people all the time, this world is not overseen by, I mean, God is in control, but the God of our age is Satan. And so he's the one who has this world orchestrated in such a way that it is not meant to uphold anything that is good. It's meant to erode away at the things that are good. And so because of that, we have to be deliberate mm-hmm. because our, our our schedules, everything else in our lives, they're intended to take over our lives. And we happily jump into that. We put daily effort into all those areas. We put daily effort into our jobs, into our hobbies, uh, sometimes into a physical fitness, Mm -hmm. um, hygiene, things like that. We expect our kids to do the same thing with uh, athletics, academics, household chores. Uh, But yet somehow we allow marriage to get slid back onto the back burner. And then one day, what happens? Yeah, all of a sudden people go... I don't even know this person. And they'll come to me and they'll go, I mean, it might not be in a counseling session, but somebody catches me in the parking lot and they'll go, man, we're just growing apart. You know, that's almost an oxymoron to grow apart. And, and you go, what? And, and, and so people go, I, we don't know how this happened. And I, I'm going to tell you how it happens. You just, you quit changing the oil in the car. That's mm-hmm. what happened. Um, and, and, and sometimes in a car, you got to do even more than that. you got to flush the radiator or change the transmission fluid or rotate the tires. I mean, there's a whole battery of things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you ignore the check engine light on the car, eventually it's going to leave you stranded. And all of a sudden, people show up in my office and they go, you know, our relationship is turned in really just like we're roommates. Mm -hmm. Like all we're doing is just like giving a checklist of things to do. Like, okay, all right, she's got to be picked up at this. He's got to be taken to that. Um, Who's going to make sure that we we get to groceries? And, and, you know, we just kind of communicate almost like with an employee-employer type deal. And we're not actually communicating. So we've got... Three little helpful tools mm-hmm. that we want to try to share with you that can help keep you out of marriage counseling. Number one is have what we call a daily debriefing. And I know you hear that and you go, what is this, the military? We've got to have, like, come into a debriefing room. Well, listen, the military knows how important this is. The military is a well-oiled machine. You pick the branch of military. Because they debrief, they communicate. And you go, well, we communicate. Do you really? Look, I will have been married 30 years this December. It's easy to talk at one another and not talk with one another. Yeah, somebody's going to hear this and they're going to say, uh, maybe it's a lady <laughs> listening and, my, and their husband would say, well, I talked to my wife. I told her before she left today we needed milk. Yeah. And uh, but that doesn't count. And if you're and if you're in that situation, you know that much. And uh, but maybe you don't. Maybe you're thinking, okay, just touching base and making sure that everything's flowing around the house. Uh, that's not enough. 
And, uh, and just like you said, we can start operating like roommates or, or like coworkers. Yeah. You know, you've heard those old jokes, you know, um, you know, if you're, if you do this, you might be a redneck. Yeah, and, uh, right. well, if, if these are the kind of ways that you interact with your spouse, you might be a roommate. Yeah. You yeah. might not be interacting on the level of spouse. Yeah. What we're saying here to debrief is, is to say it this way, guard your time with one another. Mm-hmm. You've got to have that time. To, 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 to be together. Uh, for, for me and Pam, we do it, it's, honestly, it's late at night. It's, it's right before we go to bed. And we have, we choose to go to bed at the same time. Now, that may not work in your situation. You may work different schedule. One works first shift, one works second shift, but, but somehow, some way, you've got to set aside time to, to be able to debrief. Um, and, and if you're not setting aside that time, what I'm going to call to talk, then, um, your check engine light's going to come on pretty quickly. Well, and when you say a debrief, like what types of things are you talking about? I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about, sometimes I will just look at Pam and I'll go and I'll literally say, this babe how you doing how you doing and what's going to be her natural response fine fine and then i'll say and i've said this many times those of you that heard me in the pulpit say this you have to ask the second time baby really really not that there's something major going on but but seriously how are you doing how how can how can i pray for you Mm. you know how, how 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 are things in your mind in your heart in your spirit because sometimes we don't even want to unload that on our spouse. It's just like, yeah, you know, and we just kind of get through stuff. And, and it's almost like we try to go it alone. No, 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 don't or go it alone. Or we're afraid it's going to bring up conflict. Yes. And that's something that we avoid desperately. Yeah. We're going to talk about that just in a minute. But. Yeah. So sometimes people will go, well, I know what we'll do. We'll have a date night. And on the date night... We'll go over all of our junk. Oh, no, don't do that. Don't no, do that. No, no. You don't want to be in a restaurant. Well, actually, I do want to be in a restaurant. Yes. I'd love to go to a restaurant. But for fun. Yeah, for fun. <laughs> and, and, and you don't want to be in a restaurant and have to bring out all this stuff. And people start looking, why are they talking so loud? They don't look like they're actually enjoying this. Date nights, date times ought to be enjoyable. Something you look forward to, not something you dread. Yeah. So if you're consistently talking with one another and, and sharing with one another, then you're not going to have to have this, what I call this dump time, you know, for, mm-hmm. for your relationship. But you've got to schedule it. It's like anything else. You've got to schedule maintenance. They put those little stickers in the top corner of your car windshield, right, that tells you how far you can go on this, this oil change. The same is I'm telling you, it's a it's a daily change. Mm-hmm. And for Pam and I, we've chosen to to do that at night. It's the it's the last 30, 45 minutes of the day. And, um, you know, I'm brushing teeth. I'm one of these crazy people to get my clothes out and get ready for the next day, the evening before. And we're talking mm-hmm. and communicating. And then we pray together. And that's a key. So often, I've shared this before in one other session, but for those of you who can't see this, it's a triangle. And God is at the top, and at the base of the triangle is husband and wife. And as you work towards God going up the triangle from either base, you're going to get closer to one another. Mm-hmm. And that a critical part of that is praying together. And so many couples, they don't pray together. You go, oh, well, we pray. We pray separately. 
That's good. But there's something about coming together and praying together. And I'm going to tell you, Matthew, you can't argue with your spouse at 8 o'clock and then expect at 1030 you're going to be able to go before the Lord and it's going to all be hunky-dory. Exactly. Not- I think about times whenever I've, you know, I've had a disagreement with my wife and I don't handle things the way that I should and I and I leave the situation as is and I try my best not to do that. I try to be disciplined and not, and not let that happen. But there's times when that where that will happen because I'm not perfect. And my wife, I'll, I'll sit down at some point and I'll try to talk to the Lord and the Lord just says that. Yeah. Deal with that. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh. That's I, just need, I, just need, seven, yeah. I just need to hear from you, Lord. <laughs> and uh, he said that first. Yeah. And uh, because here's the thing, and, and in my spirit, I know what he's pointing at. The way you left that situation, you need to deal with that. Because I can't be right with God and wrong with my spouse. Amen. And so my wife will get that random call in the middle of the day, and it's me calling to say, I'm sorry, and make things right. And then I go to him, and then I can actually talk to God. But what we're talking about here is it's not repairing something that you've messed up. It's actually maintaining a relationship so that you're ready to go before him at the end of the day. Yeah, because what's so hard is, is particularly when you have kids, um, everything begins to rotate and, and revolve around the kids and their schedule. Mm-hmm. And what I'm finding is that couples enter this empty nest, um, you know, sphere of their lives, and they look at each other across the breakfast table one morning, and there's no kids in the house, and they go, "Who are you?" <laughs> you know, and it's like they they don't even know they 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 they've forgotten even how to communicate with one another. They were glued to their kids. Yeah, they they've put this thing on hold for almost eighteen twenty years, mm-hmm. and they were glued to their kids instead of one another, and they almost have to relearn who that person is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Tool number one is that we want to debrief. Tool number two, and, and, and this is this goes without saying, but but I'm gonna say it, it's almost the elephant in the room. Sometimes when a when when a, a couple is is going hard at it, you've got a limited amount of time that you've got with one another. Let's say you've got kids in the home and you're just fighting fire with fire. You get home, it's five thirty, six o'clock, getting supper, getting baths, getting homework done, getting ready for the next day, and, and then you're you're dead tired and the, and she goes to bed and it's ten fifteen and she's worn out and the guy's still watching a game and he goes to bed at eleven and they and they just get up and go do it the next day but then they get to the office or they get to wherever they're working and they're, they're they they begin having conversations with people who aren't their spouse about stuff they need to be having conversations with with their spouse and the danger area is when they start having those conversations with someone of the opposite sex yes and that is a recipe for failure within the marriage mm-hmm. and the big a word comes out Adultery, yeah. and you go, no, that could never happen to me. But but it happens. Couples come into my office, and it's happened. And you you ask them, you know, well, what happened? Well, you know, we were struggling at home, and I started talking to a lady at the office, and she was very understanding, and and so we just and and, and it just it just happens. Well, it happens because you're having conversations with someone who's not your spouse of the opposite sex. That's that's a no-no. Exactly. What do you expect to happen when you make yourself vulnerable to someone of the opposite te- sex as you talk about things regarding marriage? I mean, yep. there's connections that's going to start being had there. 
Exactly. And one of the things that I find when couples begin to drift down that path is they start being sarcastic with each other and mm-hmm. joking. They'll, they'll run each other down and say, oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, oh, that dress makes you look so fat. <laughs> just kidding. You look good. No, you're not. You're being mean, mm-hmm. and you're using sarcasm to cover it. And I, and I see couples, they come into my office, and they, they it's almost like they forget that I'm, I'm like, hello, hello, hey, y'all, hey, I'm in the room here. You know, you're, you're, you're bannering back and forth, and you're, you're, you're joking, and, and it, but nobody's laughing. And so, please, if you find yourself starting to be sarcastic with one another, I'm telling you, the check, engine's li- check engine light's on, and you need to... You need to, you need to this is step three. Talk to one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally talk to one another and have that time. And so I want to ask you, if you're listening today and you're married, when do you talk? When do you talk? And if I can, just I want to recap yeah. these, these steps real yes. quick, okay? The, or these tools, okay? One is that daily debrief. Actually digging into each other's lives and saying, how are you? Not necessarily how'd your day go, but how are you? What's going on in your heart and in your spirit? But then tool two is praying together. And then tool number three is actually making sure that whenever there's an issue going on, you don't go and take it to someone else, but you go and you take it to your spouse. Now, uh, we understand, I mean, we're talking about skipping marriage counseling, okay? We're not necessarily talking about, okay, don't ever take it to someone in that context, but that's when you two are going together. It's it's not taking your problems to someone at work who's of the opposite sex, especially. It's not taking your problems to your mom and dad or things like that and running running your spouse down to them. We I know I know people who do that. And so don't do that. Okay. Matthew 18, take your problems to the person you have a problem with. And that will force you to actually, because here's the thing, we avoid conflict like the plague, but conflict is an opportunity to grow because you literally have those two unique personalities who are now exposed and being forced to interact with one another. Mm -hmm. And if you stop looking at conflict as a way, as as something to avoid or to win, and you just look at it as something to grow through, you can actually make it through those times and actually be closer than when you went in because you were actually honest and real with each other. Absolutely. We, we, we have to acknowledge the elephant in the room. There's always going to be things that we need to address and deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, you may be in a situation right now in your home and, and you're frustrated with your spouse because you think that he or she's being too lenient with the kids or too hard with the kids. Well, then talk about it. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. Instead of being sarcastic and saying to the kids, well, yeah, your dad lets you get away with that all the time. It's a good thing you asked him before you asked me. And then, you know, you cut your eyes over at your at your spouse. You know, that's the elephant in the room. You, you don't have that conversation in front because the kids are going, well, mom and dad aren't happy with each mm-hmm. other. And that starts breeding insecurity in them. They can read that. They see the writing on the wall. They can, they can read the tea leaves. So you've, you've got to say, look, Honey, we need to talk about this. I, I feel like maybe it's the way you grew up. You know, you your parents let you get away with this. Mine didn't. Can we find some middle ground here? I always look like the bad guy. And you look like the good guy. Can we talk about this? And you can if you agree that you're on the same team. Mm-hmm. The enemy is Satan, right. not one another. Right. And so you come together. Remember, God brought you together. God, remember that? Remember your first date? Remember those little butterflies in your stomach? Remember when you couldn't even eat for thinking about that person? 
Remember that. Mm-hmm. That's the person that God brought into your life, and that's so important to remember. And if if you can do these things, then you, the car won't end up at the shop, right? And you won't end up in a marriage counseling office. And there can be beauty in your in your home. The biggest thing that stood out to me that you said as we prepared for this is that you that there's been nothing that you can think of that's been more beneficial than praying together and having these talks with each, yeah. with each other that you've never counseled anyone who prays together daily. I haven't. I've I've been doing this for 15 plus years and uh, when I talk to couples and this is not to belittle any couple or any person but um I'll ask them you know, one, I'll say, where did it go off the rails? 90% of the time, they have no idea. Mm-hmm. They life, have no idea. Life to, buried it. They, the life buried it, and then they have to think about it. And then, you know, we'll f- eventually figure out where that was. But then I'll say, look, when's the last time y'all prayed together? Uh, we don't pray together. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to start. And I'm telling you, when you start praying together as a couple, um, this, that spiritual aspect of being, of cleaving, of, of, of being glued together. See, this is, a, this is why Paul called it a profound mystery. Mm-hmm. Okay? The bride and the, 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 the groom coming together, the, the bride being the church and Christ being the groom, it's, it's a profound mystery how they become one flesh. And so, um, l- listen, if you've put your marriage kind of on hold while you're doing everything, else, um, maybe maybe it's time to to have a conversation. It's time to debrief. It's time to talk. It's time to pray. Uh, if you've been having these conversations with other people, um, bring them back home. Bring them back home. Bring them back awesome. home. Well, I rewind. Listen to it again. Uh, this is some just some simple tools, but they're so helpful. And so, thank you all again for joining us today. This has been another episode of Real Time Truth. I'm Matthew McNeil. I'm Pastor Kevin Brown. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>